3: Should be.
6: All right, all right, all right, all right. Hour four. Four, Rich Ornberger. Hour yeah. four. Let's go. Here on Fox yeah. Sports Radio. Don't get these very often, so we'll take these marathons One, when two, we can. Three three, four. Four. Not, not, not one, not two, not, not two, three. not three. We usually joke around and say, oh, we'll get to that in hour four. Right. Now that really lives on the Jason Smith Show featuring Mike Harmon. Tonight with Rich Ornberger, I'm Chris Plank sitting in for Jason and Mike on Fox Sports Radio. Alex Tyshirt running the show. Danny G, as you heard, is making it all happen. And Brian Finley on updates brought to you in part by Discover where we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean talk about amazing learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply I just pulled up the show sheet. We've hit a lot of what we wanted to talk about early. the Donovan Mitchell trade. I, I did have to laugh because on Twitter, at ML Times hit us up and said, Who do you think realistically has a chance to get Spida? I can't believe I haven't heard Laker fans ask for Westbrook straight up. Isn't that always my favorite thing when there's a trade? Listen, we'd love to get Kevin Durant, and listen, for Kevin Durant, we'll go ahead and trade you Dante Jones. It, oh, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> trade done. Anyway, yeah. And I don't even know. You know, just to kind of put a wrap on our NBA conversation, it's been quiet on the Kevin Durant front. It's been quiet on the Kyrie Irving front. I don't know how much juice the Donovan Mitchell front is going to have this week either. I just – I think the asking price after what Minnesota gave up to get Go Bear, I think for everyone it's just going to be through the roof when you're talking about what you want from these teams for these star players.
7: Yeah, I, I – look, I mean, the, the deal – first of all, the money in the league is just getting – insane. I mean, yeah. you look at Dame Lillard's recent contract. I mean, the dude's going to eclipse the 60 million dollar mark on this next contract. You look at the trade requests, how much? I mean, do you think LeBron James is all that concerned if they can get Kyrie Irving about the Lakers 2029 20, <laughs> first round draft pick? I I mean, it, it, the answer is no. <laughs> like LeBron James does not care about the Lakers 2029 20, first round draft pick he wants to win right now and if the Lakers are smart they're going to do the best they can to win while they have him, because he's got maybe a couple of more years you know just in terms of how father time's undefeated all that to, to get them to the, the Larry O'Brien trophy again and if he can make good on that promise and make them two time champions during his tenure there that I consider his tenure a win huge uh, huge win for the Lakers uh, you know so so with that said I mean yeah these these deals aren't getting any smaller uh, Plankster. Plankster these, no. these are these are just ever increasing and 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 it makes sense because you see what the market ratings look like when an NBA team has that special run. Look at Milwaukee two years ago against the Suns. I mean, that catapulted them to heights that market hasn't seen in a very long time.
6: Meanwhile, uh, apparently Spider Mitchell is on the the trade block. and Maybe I should clarify that. That's a little dramatic. Utah is open to trade offers. Doesn't mean they're going to trade him, but they're open to trade offers. It kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson is not asking for a trade, but here's the four teams he wants to be traded to. If you're going to ask him for a trade, I can't wait to see if Donovan Mitchell comes out with a list too. Meanwhile, Adam Silver came out tonight and spoke out against players asking for trades early in their contracts and nothing is going to come of that. You're wasting your time. Meanwhile, we talked Tiger and his frustration with the players that had turned their backs on the PGA towards the live tournament. We had John Paul Morosi back an hour two. If you missed it, you can find it on the podcast page. He was all in on this Orioles run. And we talked about the drama of the Yankees blowing a lead in the ninth for the first time this season. And we wrapped up last hour on Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And just to to put a, a nice little bow on that before we get back into to the Baker Sam Darnold conversation and finally hit on college football, we had Jason Lockenfora La on last night, and I thought I thought it was really interesting because if there's one thing that the NFL has been accused of, I think and again, I'm not here to name names or I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but Jocena Anderson had kind of intimated that, Hey, the NFL wanted X story out there when they were talking about pushing for a, an indefinite suspension with no set time, right? It's one year you can reply uh, for reinstatement or apply for reinstatement after a year. We asked Jason Lock for where these rumors are coming from. And if he thinks the NFL is floating any of these out here.
8: And I don't, that the NFL is playing shenanigans here or floating trial balloons or anything like that. (laughs) Um, Because again, I don't, they shouldn't, and I don't believe they do know exactly what's going through the judge's mind at any moment in time. To go through this whole process with the NFLPA and create this new mechanism, you know, and then to have it tested the first time with a personal conduct issue um, this unique and this multi-layered, I I can't think that they would be sort of undermining that um, by being in, in any ways in lockstep or being privy to the inner thoughts of the person who's supposed to be making an independent ruling on this.
6: When you're Roger Goodell or when you're anyone involved in this case, And let's say Sue Robinson, let's say hypothetically, Rich Orenberger, you and I are sitting here on this show a week from tonight, which we're not because Jason and Mike would be back, but just hypothetically. And there's not an announcement. And there's no agreement yet. You picking up the phone if you're Roger like, Hey, Sue, just checking in. How's it going? You know the Deshaun Watson people would be bugging the NFL at that point. I mean, we've now kind of made it where if we don't get something by next week, people are going to start freaking out
7: yeah I look I don't I personally don't think that they're going to prod this forward no I I I think that Judge Robinson has been given her timeline I I imagine that was made very clear on the outset I bet you I bet you they said hey look Marinate as much as you want over the evidence. Give us a call if you need anything else from us whatsoever. Sue, thank you so much for participating in this. Have it done in 21 days, Max. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how the conversation went. I mean, look, there, there needs to be a deadline. Otherwise, right. no, articles right. don't get written. You know, so it's – there. look, there's a due date for your final project because, you know, grades need to get submitted before the summer. I mean – the ball needs to get rolling at some point because, after all, this is a business, and it's a big business. A lot of people depend on this business. A lot of people are very interested what to do next. And, and in fairness, and, and I realize this is going to sound ridiculous because nobody's a fan of how the Browns comported themselves in this entire mess. But in fairness to the players in that locker room in Cleveland, who had nothing to do with this. It wasn't their decision to sign Deshaun Watson to a completely guaranteed contract. It wasn't their decision uh, for the Browns to do a very, very preliminary, cursory investigation of Deshaun's situation before it blew up, and then all of his future teammates or current teammates have to answer questions about Deshaun Watson, who he is, what kind of guy he is, all this uh, suspension talk Um, for there. In fairness to those players who had nothing to do with any of this um the Browns need this news sooner rather than later so if it's Jacoby Brissett who needs to play what eight games through a suspension six games 14 games an entire season it would be good for him to know that it would be good for everybody to know that the receivers, the running backs, the coaches, you know, who to a lesser or greater extent, uh, this, uh, this isn't there. They didn't start this problem. Right. You know, so yeah. it, it's, it's something there needs to be resolution here soon. What soon means uh, that's between the NFL and judge Robinson,
6: the uh, Daniel Wallach, if you really want to get nerdy on the uh, legal side of things, has a great, Read over uh, on, on their Conduct Detrimental website. We had Dan Lust on last night. Good legal mind. Great sports. Legal oh, yeah. We talked to Dan to a lot. He's great. He's awesome. And Daniel tweeted this just before we hit the air. And I, I meant to get to it earlier. But, hey, man, we, had a, we have a four-hour show and it's been rolling tonight. I, I don't know what to say. Topics get pushed back. The Orioles are five hundred. It is what it is. Uh but <laughs> 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 I'll let you sneak that in. The yeah. Orioles are the cats are and dogs are living together. Yeah. Humans as pets, mass hysteria. I don't know what's going on here. A team that was good whenever I was a kid suddenly has been dormant and almost non existent for the better part of twenty years and suddenly they're five hundred in July and we're partying. Um, but he said the six keywords in Article forty six based on the evidentiary record below, meaning Goodell owes zero deference to Judge Robinson in increasing the amount of discipline on appeal as long as she finds that there was a PCP violation, the personal conduct policy. He can base the increase solely on his own view of the record. So she might come out, and say yeah there was a conduct policy a, play, a personal conduct policy violation here but you know it it should be a, a 5 to 7 game suspension and kendall could say nope, there's a there's a violation indefinite suspension and then you get into as you brought up so eloquently rich the NFL PA will appeal and then you'll be in an appeals process and we may just be getting started on this whole front with with Deshaun Watson, I, I'm sad to report. One other quick note, though. Uh, I did want to get one tweet in. Yeah, This is from a who writes, trying to compare the Colts and the Browns is unfair. We were kind of having that conversation earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Browns were terrible for 20 plus years. Indy was in a down turn after Manning. Apples to bananas. Baker took Cleveland uh, to a playoff win and was hurt last year. He's been better than average, in my opinion.
7: I mean, but here, here's. Don't get me wrong. I I, to flip an entire culture is a heavier lift. I agree, but it happened in a season is my point like andrew luck i mean the the apples to bananas comparison is andrew's andrew luck's talent to baker mayfields i mean right there you go i i mean look it's just he's he's a superior talent and so he was able to do more i'm not saying with less or more in terms of the team around him but that offensive line was in shambles andrew luck was a man on the run that entire rookie season And he still found a way to win, what, 11 games that year? I mean, it was nuts. Andrew Luck's early career, he was never on his feet. I I mean, he was lacerating organs as he was trying to navigate down the football field. So, look, and this is no shade on Baker Mayfield. I think what he did in Cleveland was an admirable job Um and it was not inconsequential. He got that city, their first playoff win in 25 years, something like that, 26 years. Yeah, I mean, it's a ridiculous accomplishment, but it fizzled, it, it soured, and you turn the page and you say, yeah, I mean, the, the postscript on that is Baker Mayfield was a really nice quarterback for an organization that, that needed a nice quarterback.
6: That's about it. That's where we are. That's where we are. By the way, it's complete side road. Since you brought up Andrew Luck, go listen to the Luck podcast from the Athletic. Oh, is it good? I'm I'm two episodes in and I'm hooked, and it's really good. Now, granted, one of the episodes talked about his college career, which is is easy money, low hanging fruit for me. But you'll enjoy it, Rich. Danny G, you'll love it. Um, tie shirt, you'll love it. Finley, you love it. y'all will love it. even if you hate the Colts and if you hate Andrew Luck, it's a really good look. And it's not just Andrew Luck likes books. Andrew Luck played at Stanford. Andrew Luck's dad is Oliver. Here's the next episode. I mean, it drills deep. They talk to some of his professors. They go back talk to some of the former teammates. You know, the uh, one of the guys, the the guy that's the offensive coordinator now for Stanford was the dude that Andrew Luck beat out. And so now every single time he goes to his office as his, his office as the offensive coordinator, rich it's the Andrew luck offensive coordinator offense. So he can't get out of his shadow, but it's a really, really cool story that I encourage everyone to check out. I mean, think about this. Andrew luck still only 32 years old. That's right. I mean, that's right. It's, it's wild that he walked away when he was 29. I mean, I'm sure he's never coming back. He's probably going to fall into that laundry list of guys that retired early. And I sat there and like in my mind was begging, come on, Barry Sanders, you can come back. Come on, Calvin Johnson, you can come back. Patrick Willis, you can do this, but I don't think he's coming back. And here's a quick little sidebar on this, too. He doesn't talk to the, the host on the record. But he talks to him off the record. Hmm. And so it's, it, it's kind of cool because you could tell some directions that he sent this dude. Uh, I highly encourage it, Rich. I think you'll love it. It's well worth your time as a sports fan.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
6: With Rich Ornberger, I'm Chris Plank, sitting in for Jason and Mike right here on Fox Sports Radio. He sounds sexy. Um, you know the the one thing that we haven't done, and actually, it's kind of, I want to say, quieted down a little bit in the uh, in the sports media world. We haven't had a lot of Kyrie or KD talk yeah. tonight at all. Yeah. and you know, if you were to be sitting in this chair last week, you probably would have been telling us about how I guarantee you that Kyrie Irving will be traded to the Lakers this week or something along those lines. Because that just seemed so, I don't know, what's the word? Obvious (laughs) of something that was going to take place with Kyrie Irving. And listen, we're not NBA guys. We're not going to sit here and pretend to be NBA guys. But man, that thing's hit an absolute brick wall, has it not? Oh,
7: yeah. Well, and I think... I think personally, one of the biggest holdups with Brooklyn is it's like a lover scorned. Like they're having a hard time getting over the breakup, right? Like this, this came together in Katie's image, you know, every single last transaction they've made over the past two years has been signed off by Kevin Durant. And then all of a sudden he wants out. It looks like they're shopping Kyrie as well. And, it's all crumbling down, and if I'm ownership, if I'm not front office, I am definitely feeling wronged. I'm definitely looking to get the maximum value I possibly can. I also think they're probably running into a tough spot here because Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant isn't just going to play for anybody. Kevin Durant will threaten retirement before he goes and plays for, you know, whoever, name it, Portland, mm-hmm. Toronto, you know, he he he's not going to be traded to a team essentially is what I'm saying, that he doesn't want to go play for. So if you try and you, you're you even successful, he'll just on the other side of it, torpedo the whole deal. He'll say, well, okay, great. You want me to go where? Well, I'm not showing up. <laughs> God. And so you're you're kind of between a rock and a hard place while you're getting over the heartbreak of you know any recent championships slipping through your fingers and
6: so what are you left with? Ben Simmons. good luck, yeah. Absolutely hilarious. All right. So I've been trying to carve out some time, and I know we got one more update with Brian Finley before he gets out of the way for Eddie Garcia. So let's bring in our update anchor, Pac 12 guru, Brian Finley, because, Rich, you cover college football on the West Coast. I cover college football, period. So let's just have a good old fashioned college football conversation here. Let's do it. Before Brian Finley's update. B. Finley, how are you feeling about the report? That Utah, I think it came from a Utah rival site, if I'm not mistaken, that the Pac-12 is staying together for the kids, baby. <laughs> They're staying together for the kids. And there's one other angle to this real quick on the Pac-12. Um, not only did the rival site for Utah have it, but yesterday Josh Newman, who covers the Utah Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune, tweeted this. He said, I had firm plans to travel to Dallas this week for the big 12 media days with reporting and stories to follow. I got completely talked out of it by sources who should, should in all caps, absolutely know what's going on. Realignment wise. I thought that was telling.
9: Hmm. Yeah, so so many what you were saying, Rich, earlier about getting over a breakup. To me, this is a little bit different, but I, I have a similar metaphor. And what's going on as the Pac-12 is the Pac 12 is trying to, to hold on to what they have. It's like when you're dating somebody and you know it, it's what it is now is what it wasn't, or, or what it is now, it, it's not the same that right. it was better back then, but you're still holding on, hoping one day that it gets back to where it once was, that spark, that intrigue, that that charm. But part of you knows that it, it'll never be the same. There's so many people to, you know, to put a, a finger point and to blame here. This should not have been a surprise to anybody when you think about the two defectors going to the Big Ten. Now, I think that there are a lot of people to blame. I also think that when it comes to people that are heavily involved in the Pac-12 it's also sort of they're dealing it with it like the five stages of grief you know you got the denial <laughs> <right>. anger bargaining <laughs> depression acceptance i have accepted this i have accepted that this conference as much as i love it and for various reasons will never be on the level of other power 5 conferences now you can say it's because USC football is down you can say it's because of the prior commissioner or you can add whatever excuse you want it will never in in the next couple of years barring something crazy happening get back to what it once was or what it can be I think those who are not me I'm one where I'm Taking the acceptance role of the the five stages of grief, you pointed out some of these schools. They're in the bargaining. They're in the anger role, <laughs> where they still want this to happen. They still want things to go and, and be like they were. It's never going to be what it once was, and we just have to accept that. It's hard. It's hard. And are you Big
7: Ten, Brian Finley? Now, you- <laughs> I will say. Also, by the way, just to, like uh, hearing Brian Finley talk about this, like. I, I I wish I could have him deliver bad news to me anytime again. Like, listen, I know this it's is hard, <laughs> but is and really it's hard. never going to be the same again. Oh. And listen, it, your your life is destroyed, but <laughs> it may not ever be good. So there's that. You know, anyways, what, Rich. A lot of people
9: said point. a lot of people. You know what that is? When you're an empath you sort of approach things like that hmm. i could be if i wasn't doing what i'm doing i think i would make for a great therapist or uh, a
7: hypnotist oh, i feel like oh, oh, i'm <laughs> in a damn trance right now you keep telling me about this pack 12 big Ten. I'm just this is soothing well so, yeah so sorry
6: Well, i was just gonna say you've got to be somewhat split on this right the excitement of ucla going to the big 10 uh, tr- going to places you've never gone before covering a team. But then in the same vein, I mean, I love the Pac-12 after dark. I don't want to see it go away. I love the Pac-12 in basketball and I love the Pac-12 in in obviously softball and baseball. But what is the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA? What is the Big 12 without Oklahoma and, and, and Texas? They, they've had a head start Uh, and obviously rebuilding things with Cincy, Houston, UCF, and BYU, I wonder what that next step is going to be for the Pac-12 outside of deciding they're going to stay together. you got to be split right now.
9: I, I am split, but I'm not surprised. Martin Jarman, the AD for UCLA, this guy is such a forward thinker. And one of the big things around UCLA is, is as they're known, as the number one public institution, right. university in the country. So they want to be on the cutting edge of everything, academically and athletically. So Martin Jarman, which is fascinating to hear that he's got a great relationship with the USC folks and how you've got two rivals working together in tandem on something. It's crazy.
0: You don't see
9: yeah. like like Chris, you know, you being in Oklahoma territory and Oklahoma state. What are the chances of both of those athletic institutions working together on certain things? I would think that those two right now are sparring considering where the conference alignment has both of those schools.
6: Well, and, how about Oklahoma and Texas working yeah. together as major rivals too. So you know, I, the fittest. I, I'll put it.
7: I'll, I'll. I'll put a bow on what you're saying by saying like, I agree with you. I don't think the college football landscape is ever going to look the same again. But it doesn't mean for worse. You know, I, I here. Here's the crazy. Look, for example, like I got married to my wife, and there were a lot of family traditions that I grew up with that I had to you know acquiesce to the fact that we we built a new family right you know so Preach. we have our new traditions now and guess what after long they become important they become ingrained our kids are used to them so this generation being raised they don't know what my family did they don't even know what her family did they know what our family does and these are our traditions so the, the young kids going to college football games UCLA, USC and the Big Ten, while it feels so foreign to us, it's going to be commonplace in 20 years. They're going to to be bringing their kids to Big Ten games out in Southern California and it's going to make perfect sense to them. So, even though it's new, doesn't mean worse. It changes just clunky and this feels clunky as hell right now, but college football will survive it and it may be better
6: Uh, off for it. It may not, but it could be. I agree. All right. Anything else you want to add before we get the update, B. Finley? The
9: last part is this to me is a lot like the NIL state of affairs we're in in college football and in any sort of college sport, in that there's more of an athlete empowerment. And I think that universities have sort of taken that and now feel even more empowered to do drastic things like this Mm -hmm. as in ucla and usc going and participating in a conference that has nothing in the western region of the united states until now so there's empowerment all over the place here and i think that When you think of UCLA, this is an institution, they've talked about this, they need money, they've been in debt on the athletic program, and this is certainly going to help their cause, bringing in some nice finances and and some new shiny
6: uh, buildings and, and paying coaches and all that important thing. Love it. All right. So what does it mean for the Big 12 going forward? What does it mean for the Big 10 and the SEC going forward? We'll get to all that coming up in just a a bit. And you mentioned NIL. Quite the NIL story going on out there right now. But first.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Do you get the sense, Rich, that things are going to work out for the Big Ten? Or are you in the it's inevitable that we're going to have two 20-team conferences and uh, when the grant of rights is up for the ACC, all hell is going to break loose? Or do you think we'll still have – you know, four to five major conferences. Yeah, we'll be in the shadow of the Big Ten of the SEC, but still Notre Dame stays independent and that big fish doesn't fall.
7: Anybody who tells you with certainty what they believe will happen is probably going to be wrong one way or another. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and be wrong one way or another. I, I forecast that we'll still have multiple conferences that Agreed. matter and can partake in some sort or some form of a playoff for a national championship, whether it's three or four, that part I'm unsure of. But I think we're going to see a conglomeration of roughly the top 80 teams in college football and it's going to be a little bit reconfigured. Some of the group of five are going to be elevated. Some of the power five are going to be uh, devalued in this, you know, whatever you want to call it, this, this movement of the tectonic plates. And when everything settles in, we're going to have either three or four conferences that can vie for a national championship, and we're going to have expanded playoffs. And my, my sincere hope is that it happens – relatively quickly. I realize it could take about a decade to to shake out, but I hope within that time it's all figured out. I, I don't want this to be so protracted that it's 2035 and we're still having this conversation. I'm hoping by the time we reach 2030 that it's settled it's res- it's it's landed in some reasonable atmosphere that feels like it could subsist and sustain for a while and we're not going to have you know these earth rattling moments in college football and and reshaping of traditions that we're comfortable with you know every every year because that's an uncomfortable part of this is you know now you got to get used to the Trojans in the Big Ten you know sure. now you got to get used to the Longhorns in the SEC you know pretty soon here maybe it's the Ducks in the <laughs> the ACC or the right. the Big Ten also you know, so let's just get it over with and and I think it's still going to be multiple conferences and I think it's going to be about the top sixty five to eighty teams that are in it
6: I, I like. Your your idea that in some way, someone's going to be wrong. So let's just agree. So if we're wrong, we're wrong together, Rich. And we yeah. look back on, I don't even know what date is July 11th, July 12th, wherever we are. Rich Ornberger and Chris Plank both agree that conferences will survive. Here's why. Um, the, and, and Brady Quinn tweeted this the other day. Um, I've talked about this incessantly. ESPN, for all of its faults, is not in the business of, of paying more for a good deal they already have. They've right. got a good deal with the ACC, a ridiculously good deal. Maybe the best deal they have, Rich, of all of their other college properties just based on the amount of money they pay them and how long they're tied to them. Why in the world would they screw that deal up and go, hey, let's get Clemson to the SEC and let's get Florida State there? It makes zero sense. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So – as time progresses, you know, Tim, maybe someone challenges that grant of rights, but it's not happening. Here's the other thing. I don't think Notre Dame's going to join a conference. Mm. I don't. And I don't think they're in any rush to, and as long as they don't join a conference, I don't think there's going to be a counter move. Matt Hayes had this story that the SEC seems pretty set at 16. And there was at least two people that confirmed that. So this, uh, incredible shift that we've already seen. Maybe it's going to slow down. Maybe it's going to slow down for a little bit. With that said, my favorite quote of the day came from Nick Saban whenever he was asked about mega conferences.
10: Mega conferences are probably here to stay. And, you know, market share, market, you know, there's, there's a lot of that involved in why are we doing what we're doing. My biggest concern is competitive balance. You know the NFL, which I was involved in for eight years. Every rule that they have is to create competitive balance. And if they could have every team go eight and eight, all right? So at the end of the season, every team was playing their last game to get in the playoffs. They would be ecstatic, all right? Because how much fan interest does that create? You know how how much TV ratings and all the things that go into all these things. We don't have any guardrails on what we're doing right now. All right. So we have no restrictions on who can do what. Some people are going to be capable of doing certain things. Other people are not going to be capable. The bottom line is, is we'll lose competitive balance.
6: Alabama has had the top ranked recruiting class for eight of the last 10 years. (laughs) So you're saying that rings a little hollow with you too. I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm listening to what Nick Saban says. I'm like, okay, bro, give some of your five stars to Tulsa, right? right? Let, let some of your, your five stars go to South Florida. I mean, Nick Saban talking about competitive balance is the most And I love Nick Saban. And I know we're on, on the the great radio stations through Tuscaloosa but Come on. I mean, what, what are we doing? You're dominating because you're killing it in recruiting and you're graduating people to the NFL. Honestly, if you were having these kind of recruiting classes in the ACC, the Big Ten, uh, the MAC, the a- American Athletic, you would be dominating still. So I'm just – I heard that today, Rich, and I couldn't wait to play it for you because I was hysterically laughing inside.
7: Yeah, it's like someone driving a Bentley up to their house and then talking to their housekeeper about how the world needs to do a better job of sharing <laughs> (laughs) Wealth, (laughs) yeah. It's just, it's bonkers. It's bonkers to hear those words come from Nick Saban because he's had uh, a stranglehold on competitive balance, or I should say, competitive imbalance, for the entirety of his tenure at Alabama. Now credit to him he built it up that that's a traditioned and storied uh uh school there though and program in alabama and tuscaloosa so he had some help on the entryway but sure. but still i mean it, it's it, it, it look if if you build it they will come and so in terms of the old guard you know, before there was social media and everything, you, you know, you buy someone a Trans Am, maybe they come play running back for you. You know what I mean? When, when it came to time for the, the more modern era, you're striking contracts with NDAs attra- attached for playing time bonuses from, your you know, your your five-star college uh, recruits coming out of high school. You know, nowadays, you got to get some wealthy donors who own businesses who are willing to spend some of that cash endorsing players that are going to be on your team. And Saban's going to be good at that too, I can promise you, for as long as he continues coaching at this level. It just is what it is. Now, mega conferences to to comment on that, I mean, yeah, they're here to stay. But I do think what Brady Quinn's uh, tweeted about that you brought up and mentioned is accurate also. I think the multiple conferences is a better model because it separates you entirely from professional football. Yep,
6: yep. Absolutely. You know, if you
7: have two conferences and you have divisions broken up, what makes you special? There's something <laughs> kitschy and quirky and unique about
6: college football. You don't want to lose that weirdness because that's part of the allure. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, we'll put a wrap on this edition of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Fun show tonight. Rich is back tomorrow night as Jason Smith makes his triumphant return. Um, Thanks to Danny G, as always. Danny pointed out a story that I had completely whiffed on, and it was the Dame Lillard comments. I'm sure that'll be tons of uh, conversations about him being fired up about, Hey, there's no passion in this league anymore. He's proud to be a trailblazer. It's not wrong. Um, there it's all, it's, it's, it's so corny to say it, but rich, we're in a name on the back of the Jersey, not a name on the front of Jersey time in the national basketball association.
7: Yeah. And, and it's the perfect market for a guy who's willing to do what he's done and say what he said because Portland I mean that's one of the few that's one of the few cities out there with an NBA team that will will almost take that star player that willing to trade whatever it is that he could chase around the NBA like some of the other stars mm-hmm. for loyalty. Like, yep. you know, so so as a trailblazer, um you know, he's kind of – he kind of is a trailblazer of his time because he's not succumbing to what other players are doing where they're city hopping, looking for their title or their next title. And uh, there's something to be said about that because he he is right. I, I think there, the lack of loyalty, it's troubling for the NBA and the future of
6: the NBA. I agree. Now, we didn't get to my favorite story of the night. We talked about – the conference realignment quite a bit with, with B Finley in the future for UCLA and USC and obviously the big 10 now going forward. And with the reports today, the PAC 12 is going to stick together at least for a while. We talked about tigers comments on live golf. We got into the Orioles being 500. We talked a lot of NFL with Deshaun Watson. We talked a lot about Baker Mayfield and his first public appearance as a member of the Carolina Panthers. We talked about Donovan Mitchell maybe being and likely being on the block, according to the report from Adrian Wojnarowski. But my favorite college football story of the night comes to us, Rich, from On3, where Jerry Hamilton is reporting that Jordan Addison and USC are already at odds on each other based on the specifics of an NIL package that the school pledged during the recruiting process. The quote, Addison has been pissed In recent weeks, because what he was promised hasn't been followed through on. No details have been released on what was included in the NIL package. And what's funny about it is he gets to the school. The school can't do anything. They're not supposed to be involved in the NIL process. And now you come to the school and you're not getting what you want. That's just, I mean, listen, I I want Jordan Addison to have a great season. He's going to wear number three, but that's just hilarious. That they've already had lack of follow through.
7: Yeah, what's what's interesting? What's interesting about all of it is, I mean that that side of the story only gets worse from here because you know promises are being made and some of them won't be kept.
6: Big Ben Maller is coming up next. You're the man, Rich. Can't wait to do this again soon with you, man. Rich is back tomorrow night with Jason Smith, Big Vincent X on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on
2: spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets.